As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you're in a job and and you're not enjoying it as much, can you change that job? Can you gravitate more towards your unique talents? Can you have more conversation to get more fulfillment? You have to do the work. The work is on you, but maybe you need a little help. Or maybe there's somebody in your business that can help you as a mentor, guide you more to where it's speaking to you. And it's true. You deserve it, though. I believe people deserve that. So to constantly look and do the work and look inside, it's not just going to happen. I'll say that. It is not just going to happen. Welcome back to Bucket List Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie. Thanks so much for listening. You just heard from Chris Gargano, who's my guest today. He's a former TV news journalist like me. You can tell with that solid voice of his, right? He was a reporter, anchor, producer, and executive producer at various broadcast affiliates all around the country before he moved on to content management, including video production, social media, and editorial for pro sports teams like the San Francisco Giants, Oakland Raiders, New York Jets. Some might say each step of his career path could qualify as a dream gig, but according to Chris, he's now hit his sweet spot. When it comes to day-to-day fulfillment in his work. He's founder of the Gargano Group as a consultant and coach. He's a podcaster, speaker, and educator. Chris is an adjunct professor at New York University teaching leadership. So he's one of those, is there anything he can't do type of people? But I will tell you, there's nothing predictable about the way he's approaching his work and the legacy he's determined to leave. You will learn a lot from his takeaways, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. Chris, welcome to Bucket List Careers. Thanks so much for taking the time. 
It is my pleasure, Krista. I can't wait. This will be fun. It's always great for me to do these with kindred spirits like you because we both come from TV news. You more specifically in sports. We both worked for affiliates around the country. So we have a lot in common. And also, I think the coaching aspect, which you've pivoted towards, I can relate to as well. But I think arguably all the phases of your narrative could be considered bucket list by my listeners. But yet you say that what you're doing now really lights you up the most. So tell me why. What I'm doing now is it's in service. It's helping people. I was listening to a podcast this morning, Krista. After I listened to all of yours, of course. No, but I was listening to another one and it was talking about when you look back at your life, what do you want to be remembered for? What is your legacy? And I gave it some thought and I was thinking it's helping people. The highlights of my life, not to sound corny, but it's true, are when you help someone understand something, help someone learn something. I teach at NYU when the students get it and that light bulb goes off. It's those moments at coaching baseball and coaching clients now. When someone gets it and and life is made a little bit more easily through what we can do as we get older and gain wisdom (laughs) is what's most fulfilling to me. So that is why I like what I'm doing now the most. You've taken everything you've learned, all your skill sets, and you've funneled it into this area that's so fulfilling. Amazing. But let's dial it back so everyone can understand your background. want to go behind the resume and also sort of dig into your mindset when you made certain transitions. Like I said, you were in TV news. You must have always been a storyteller at heart, but you were also an athlete. So let's rewind a little bit. When I, I, in college, I tried to play base, not tried, I played baseball, but I wasn't good <laughs> enough to be a... a yeah, don't uh, cut yourself short. <laughs> what, what position did you play? I played third base. Mm-hmm. So you had a good arm. <laughs> Yo, thank you. No, I loved it. I loved baseball. So I gave it a go in college, but I wasn't a sustainable D1 athlete. The second that was over, Krista, I was in the college radio station. I started writing for the newspaper. I got internships in San Francisco because St. Mary's, where I went, was very near to San Francisco. And I learned from all these great people. And that ignited the storytelling. But I looked back, Krista, we're always giving ourselves information. As a kid, I would always sit around literally a campfire and tell stories and always wanted to engage people. And I guess I was blessed with that talent to some degree. And then I honed it as I got older and TV news and and understanding how to tell stories on athletes and games. I loved it. I loved it. So when I look back, I had a mutual passion, mutual passions, baseball. And then storytelling. And then, you know, I was able to keep going with the storytelling when the baseball told me, hey, man, (laughs) this is about it for you. You know, right. I know you worked for a bunch of professional teams, the Raiders, I think most recently the New York Jets. So what did you do specifically? I know it was involved with content, right? So I was an executive producer and I oversaw those content departments with great individuals, Mm. tremendously talented people. Some of them are lifelong friends. I would oversee how we strategized, how we created shows you know, social media and helping guide what folks were thinking, how they were engaging with each other. More recently with the Jets, it was more of a leadership role, helping folks navigate the complexities of the NFL and understanding why this certain piece of content needs a sponsor and the nuances of content creation. Because we had such great storytellers, I would just help them when needed, but setting the strategy, setting the culture. And that is what I really grew to love as my career progressed. I just loved helping others work with each other just a little bit better. I kind of take a lot of pride in that. Oh, it sounds actually like amazing gigs that you had along the way, but you did actually start teaching leadership about five years ago. What sparked that desire to go back to school at that stage in your career? Krista, I went back to school at my alma mater, St. Mary's College, 
And the second I started, I knew something was going to be different. And and here's the story I tell people, and I'm going to tell you right now. You know, when you're in a classroom situation, a cohort, a graduate school, undergrad, I don't care, fifth grade, it doesn't matter. Most of the time you're trying to find a way to contribute or you're saying, should I talk here? Should I talk there? I was the opposite. I had to constrain myself. I had to say, okay, let people have room. You can't answer every question. So I would, (laughs) (laughs) and luckily I had the advantage of maturity. And I would contribute when I'm just pro- laughing because you're like a teacher's dream, a professor's dream, right? <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't like that in undergrad and I wasn't like that in high school, for goodness sakes. But as a graduate school student in my late 40s, I was. And so I, I just loved it. I consumed all the material. I read every word. I would add more reading. I love leadership. I love to understand human psychology, how we relate to one another. I could have gone on. I should have probably gone on and got my doctorate. But teaching at NYU has satisfied that curiosity and engagement with helping people get better. I I just couldn't love it more. Yeah, that sounds like such a game changer moment for you. And I know your class studies leaders, coaches, managers, thought leaders, influencers in and, and outside the world of sports. So tell me about your philosophy. What makes you singular in terms of what you're teaching? What lessons from your class, your students? in that realm are most likely to use in the real world and what's valuable then to my listeners as a result? My goodness, that's a great question, Krista. I will answer it this way. I will it's say multi-layered, it. yes. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I love it. I really sincerely love it. What I love to do in the classroom is not leave anyone behind. I want mm. everyone to be engaged and people learn differently. Some are more verbal, some just listen, some take copious notes or all of the above. It is my job as the professor and in coaching, what I do in my professional life, aside from teaching, is to find out how each individual learns and not cater the class, but understand how we can frame the lesson, the lecture, the discussion, the engagement with reading material or videos or whatever, so everyone can understand it. And so I'm constantly saying, okay, what do you think? And the more introverted individuals, bringing them out to how they want to contribute. Mm -hmm. So I would say inclusivity is my my mode of teaching when I go into the classroom. I think everyone deserves to learn. And so it is my job to figure out how they learn best. And then do you have any specific like lesson that's related to sports, athletics, your favorite sort of nugget, if you will, that you can share with us? I know you want us to take your class, but <laughs> I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to read up on Be whether fun. I can make no, that they, work. It's fun. And you're welcome. Yes. Is there one particular class or portion of your class that has really been successful in getting your messages across? It's resiliency. It's overcoming mm. adversity. We yeah. think that people that have made it in the leadership space, it's a linear path, A to B, and it's not. So we uncover what are those challenges? What are they overcoming? Major challenges. And we analyze Oprah and and Steve Jobs and and, and all the high coaches that, you know, have gone to the pinnacle of their profession. And we try to understand this is not just where they've been. They weren't born the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. They, They had a process and a journey. What are those obstacles? How did they overcome? And not to single out the 49ers, but... And I grew up, you know, that was my team. We look at ways in which folks can overcome adversity and how it's applicable to those students. And what are some of the the methods and theories and knowledge-based ways we can deal with adversity? So that is my favorite theme of the course, that look at a great leader. They're not just there overnight. There's a process. 
Totally. It is nonlinear, as you said. And you mentioned Oprah. I mean, she was inspired. You know, the failure along the way that has created these individuals and their success, I think, is so important to highlight as well. I'm with you on that. And then let's talk about your coaching business. It's called the Gargano Group. Who are your clients mainly? I think you said you work with teams as well as individuals. And what were the biggest obstacles in becoming a founder? Because this was totally new to you, the business area. Totally and, new, yes. I mean, being a professor and all that knowledge that you have and the content that you're bringing to the table makes a lot of sense. But the business aspect of it without an MBA, that must be a little bit of a ramp up. Yeah, no, for sure. And I have the MA, not an MBA, but yeah, a master's of leadership. But you're right. Yeah. Developing a business is not easy. And I'm learning daily, hourly, and literally minute by minute, which I love and how it all comes together. But the actual coaching and helping people is something I've been doing my entire career. This True. now it's just in a more formal setting, right? I would consistently, let's help somebody. People would reach out to me all the time. How do I get into professional sports? How do I get into content production? How do I get into social media? And I would say, okay, Friday, and I would block it out. And I would coach and mentor from people at high school, college, mainly college, obviously, and then professionals that are trying to get to that next level. And I said, I love this. I love doing this. And so I, I'm just going all in on it. I can it. see in your face yeah, yeah. when you say these things. <laughs> like you. it's real. It's authentic. I see how you light up. Go on. No, thank you. And I would have case studies in my mind, right? Okay, I have talked to this person like three out of the last four Fridays. And okay, we said this, we implemented that. This guy got the job. Nice. Because he was understanding his unique story. And so now in my coaching profession, it's listening to people and helping them get to where they want to yeah. go. I don't just download information and wisdom. That's not the role. At times it is, but it's more of understanding those people and where they want to go. What are their unique talents? How can we create a framework to help them engage with their coworkers or their bosses or the folks that are reporting to them? Yes. It is so important. And that's, I think, what is in my wheelhouse, to be honest, is that ability to listen to people. Like I was saying back in the classroom, understanding each individual and how they process information. That is what I bring to these folks. And hopefully they like it. They're giving me good feedback. I'm le constantly learning and making sure that they are gelling with their outcomes that they want. Yeah. And referrals, of course, are nice, too, which leads me sure. to the marketing question. How are you getting yourself out there? It is a fairly crowded space being a consultant in this area because I think, as you said, it is rewarding. I do think you have some singularity to your background that would separate you. How are you getting yourself out there? A lot of grassroots marketing, reaching out to my network and talking to people and not asking them for things, just seeing what's going on. Talk to me about things, getting information. And then at some point, if they want to engage, that's great. And I've, I've launched a podcast like this. It's yes. called Keep the Line Moving, which is a baseball metaphor. And I talk to leaders and hopefully folks can say, hey, you know, that guy's listening. He cares about people and they could make their judgment and decide to work with me or not. Chris, it's just a little bit of social media, a little bit of outreach. Yeah. But to answer your question directly, which I really loved what you asked, which hmm. is it's a crowded space. Why would you want to do it? And I believe like you and you're doing very well, we all have something unique to give. Thank you. And we all yes. have the ability to provide a little something different than the person next to you, right? There's nothing wrong. I want all of us to be successful, but I do believe that based on, because there's only one of me in this world that I can give something unique and that ability to listen. And like you said, the bit of a uniqueness with the big sports background, it, it really allows yeah. me to see things in totality, like real teamwork. Not that there's not teamwork in corporate America or wherever, sure. but this is high level, like how folks really need to work with one another, both in a cerebral manner and a physical manner and understanding and, and perhaps sharing some of those best practices with folks. That's what I try to do. 
And I do think it's multi-layered what you're doing in your podcast, because it's not just coaching leadership and what's effective and what works. You're also talking about philosophy, advice, self-care, and what it takes to be a selfless leader. Yes. So what does it take and why do we care about that? Because Krista, I believe when you walk into your place of work and you're a leader, you have to be thinking about how can I make the lives of others around me better, period. And I believe that and I take that seriously. And some of the folks that have already been on the podcast, I'm just a few episodes in, have echoed that, that some of the best leaders they've seen have the other mentality. Let's make others better. Let's make sure that we're uniting people, not to the benefit of ourselves as the leader, but to the benefit of the greater good, something bigger than Mm -hmm. ourselves. That has meaning and that gives you fulfillment. And I've seen the opposite of that, like selfish leadership (laughs) is hard. It's very hard to overcome. And it, it doesn't unite. And, and so we talk about that. And But I'm not overt with that. I'll say, okay, let's focus on how you can make others better by making yourself better first. You mentioned self-care. My graduate paper that I did with two other incredible women was on self-care. We wrote like a 48-page gigantic, huge research on self-care in the workplace. Wow. You're probably ahead of your time a little bit, too, because that's a few years back now when you did that. And it's become much more prominently, I think, accepted as a big part of what we need to do, as you said, to be good leaders, to be good parents, individuals, you know, contributors to society. I think it's been raised in terms of priorities, don't you think? Great point. We finished our graduate program in 2016 in that summer. And we turned in that assignment. And you're absolutely right. That doesn't seem like that long ago. But the advances of self-care since then with the pandemic and reacting to all mm-hmm. that is so paramount. It's so important. And it's our mental health, our physical health. How we show up in the world needs to be paid attention to. It's introspection. It's how we self-awareness. And that's what we talked about. How to take care of yourself. How to take care of others. I look back on that experience so fondly and I called it gigantic. The things like this thick, it's really, it's really, it was really a project. So rewarding. I have a copy right over here and I I look at it periodically and I just say, I'm so glad we did that. And I'm so glad I did it with those two people. Just, it's kind of like reference material for me as I go forward in my coaching. Nice. All part of your journey that's brought you here. So through this lens of yours, which I think is super healthy and forward thinking, we'd love to give our listeners some actionable takeaways, right? Based on your journey, what you've lived through, what you're doing now, achieving purpose career-wise, <laughs> it's like, what is the formula? I believe we know the answers. It's just a matter if we want to face them, right? I, I enjoyed the heck out of my career. I loved the content. I loved all that, but I knew that I could help more people and it was kind of pushing me into that other realm. That's me. Mm-hmm. What I would say to people is the same thing. If you're in a job and and you're not enjoying it as much, can you change that job? Can you gravitate more towards your unique talents? Can you have more conversation to get more fulfillment? You have to do the work. The work is on you, but maybe you need a little help. Or maybe there's somebody in your business that can help you as a mentor, guide you more to where it's speaking to you. And it's true. You deserve it, though. I believe people deserve that. So to constantly look and do the work and look inside, it's not just going to happen. I'll say that it is not just going to happen. You did talk about one of the things that you consider to be a top piece of advice is be a continuous learner. And that really does fit with your narrative and how much you value evolving, continuing to grow as a person through knowledge. 
How do you do that as a person who wants to, let's say, turn the side hustle into something bigger? Think about this. If you're a leader, your job is to engage with people. So when you walk into your place of business, you need to be prepared as you can be to be the best version of yourself. So I believe, Krista, and you asked that question, a continuous learner, continuous learner as a leader, right? So you have to consume, like you and I were talking, I listened to a podcast today, I'll read later this afternoon. It's different for every person. Some people learn by conversations with mentors. Some people learn by reading and then writing notes. Some people learn by listening to podcasts. Some people learn by taking classes, but there has to be some what is best for you to continue to learn, in my opinion. I just think when a leader says, oh, you know, I, I got it. It's been working for me. I got it, man. I don't believe in that. I'm going to be honest. I'll take a stance on that. I think as a leader, you've got to continue to find ways to adapt, be flexible, understand more of the people that are on your team. It's very important. So that's what I believe in. That's what I try to help people with. We can always get better, especially in leadership. Oh, I think I can leave it there and feel satisfied with that, even though I think we could go on for another episode, perhaps down the line. I think we could do this again. I love having coaches back because there's so much we can dig into. Chris Gargano of the Gargano Group. We always love having coaches who've had amazing pivots and you certainly did not disappoint with this conversation. So thank you. Chris, I wish you all the best. It's Aww. been a pleasure. I've enjoyed our conversation and yeah. I can't wait to Good see chemistry. what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So what are you waiting for? Have you sent me any input or a guest idea? You know, my email is Krista at bucketlistcareerspodcast.com or you can DM me on any of the socials at bucketlistcareers. We'd love to hear from you. I actually did get some great feedback on the last Krista's Takeaway solo episode. That was the one about making intentions for 2023 instead of resolutions. It really does make a difference to a podcast host to hear from you. So I appreciate that. And of course, if you do like an episode, be sure to leave me a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bucket List Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie. We're back next Thursday with a fresh episode. Be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Our house is a mess. Come on. 
Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.